Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. On our visitor's edition today, we learn more about this week's homecoming opponent, the Fighting Illini of Illinois. My guest will be the radio play-by-play voice of Fighting Illini football, Brian Barnhart. Before Brian joins us, here is my view from Section 17 to get us going today. Bye weeks are good in most ways. You get to take a mental break in the middle of the season, heal the bumps and bruises, and even get in the weight room for some extra work. Those are the positives. On the other side, I wonder if the team will be a bit rusty coming off the break. You never know. I don't think Jim Harbaugh will let that happen, though. Illinois visits this week, and most fans expect another blowout win, and I hope so, too. The Fighting Illini are coached by Lovie Smith, who spent over a decade in the NFL as head coach of the Bears. He is a very good coach and has assembled a big-time coaching staff. Illinois fans were shocked when he was hired in March and paid a ton of money to turn things around in Champaign. The football fortunes of the Fighting Illini have been feast or famine for a long time now. Either they are very good and competing with the best in the conference, or they're bottom feeders. They have not been able to develop any consistency in the program for decades. They are putting a lot of faith and money in the hands of Lovey Smith. They will compete on Saturday, but are short on talent and they lack playmakers. Will this be another easy win for Michigan? We hope so, but you never know. That's why we play the games. Remember this name, Firefan. This is the new interactive sports app I've been telling you about for weeks. It has a name now. There has never been a gaming app like Firefan. With this app, you are no longer a spectator, but an active participant with a group of players and teams. This game puts you right in the action. Play anywhere or anytime. There's no prep, just pick it up and play. You can also compete for some great prizes. For more information and a sneak peek, email playitfirst at yahoo.com and leave your cell number. That's playitfirst at yahoo.com and remember to leave your cell number. Firefan, this free interactive app will be all the rage in a very short time. Find out why. The Fighting Illini are 2-4 and four this season under first-year head coach Lovey Smith. It's been a struggle, 
but this team has been competitive in most games. Joining us next on our visitors segment is the radio play-by-play voice of Fighting Illini football, Brian Barnhart, here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Here on our Visitor's Edition this week is uh, Fighting Illini radio play-by-play voice Brian Barnhart to take a look at the uh, big homecoming game this Saturday in the Big House. Great to have you back with us, Brian. Well, good to be on again. It's uh, been a little while since we've played, so yeah, great to visit with you. 2012 to be exact, and it seems like longer than that. Looking at this Illini team, which we have not seen in a long time on Saturday, they beat Rutgers uh, on the road 24-7, and that stopped a four-game losing skid. They had not won since beating Murray State in the opener. It had to feel good for the guys, and I heard several of them say in the the post game that uh, it got the monkey off their back. Well, it felt good to win, and anytime you can get a road win, no matter where it is in the Big Ten, it's great to get. And uh, they needed it. They had played well at Nebraska on the road a couple of weeks prior, and and led that game going into the fourth quarter in Lincoln, which is not an easy place to play. And and then just kind of ran out of gas. So the score in Lincoln looked a little more lopsided than the game actually was. And then, um, you know, they, they played, they battled Purdue uh, back and forth, kind of evenly matched in that game and, and had a chance to win it. Uh, had a field goal at the end of regulation that, that hit the upright, and then Purdue won it in overtime. So um, it, it's been, you know, where they've been close but not able to get over the hump. And in this case, they, they had lots of takeaways, something that Lovey Smith emphasizes. And as you well know, anytime you're, the turnover margin is in your favor by that much, uh, usually that spells uh, win. And in this case, it did. Uh, Illinois' defense able to, to take advantage of five Rutgers turnovers, including four fumbles. And, and the defense did the rest, and uh, the running game was pretty solid. And uh, so they feel good about themselves heading up to Ann Arbor. Big game for the D, no question about it. Let's talk about that defense, Brian, and some of its key components. Uh, tell us some of the key players on this unit we're going to see this Saturday. Well, there's a couple of them. Dewan Smoot uh, had one defensive end. Dewan is a guy who's projected to be in the top 15, top 20 in the NFL draft uh, next spring. He's got a terrific motor, uh, got a sack. A lot of teams are trying to double-team him now to try to take uh, take him out of play if they can, but but uh, he still has a huge impact on games, uh, even though statistics don't always show it. Uh, he gets in the backfield a lot. Illinois has been one of the best in the country at uh, tackles for loss and, and getting to the quarterback. Uh, and then Carol Phillips on the other end is a guy that I think has uh, benefited from teams trying to take Smoot out. Uh, he is, has been leading the country up till uh, last week, I think, and maybe still is as far as tackles for loss per game. And uh, so he, uh, he has been a real force. So those two guys have been, have been key. And then Hardy Nickerson, a middle linebacker, a transfer from Cal, the son of the defensive coordinator, uh, Hardy Nickerson, the NFL great, uh, his son came in from Cal and, uh, 
I think, led the Pac-12 in tackles last year, and, and he's had double-digit tackles just about every game So for Illinois. So he's been a terrific addition. And then they got some younger guys in the secondary, but uh, I would say Smoot Phillips and Nickerson are, are three of the big names. On the offensive side, Brian Chase Crouch got his first start at quarterback on Saturday. I thought he was pretty solid. I watched the entire game. Are we going to see him again under center this week? Well, it depends. Uh, West didn't take any, West Lunt, the normal starting quarterback, didn't take any snaps last week. He's been out with a back injury. Uh, I'm, my guess is they'll take a look at him this week and a little closer and see how he does. Uh, you know, he has, uh, Lunt has a terrific arm, uh, NFL caliber arm. Uh, he's not that mobile. Uh, but he but he can thread the needle with his passes. He's much more a passer than Crouch is. Uh, Crouch showed some ability against Purdue, had some really nice passes that the coaches had not seen just because of the lack of reps uh, in practice for the number two quarterback. But uh, he ran for a lot of yards, 137 against Purdue, threw for 142 more. Uh, but he, his thing is he just brings versatility. We've, Illinois has really good tailbacks, and Reggie Corbin and, and Kendrick Foster and Keyshawn Vaughn is used a lot, too, to catch passes out of the backfield. And then you add that dimension of Krause being able to run, and there's four guys you got to keep an eye on, and 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 three at a time, and in some cases, so um, it's uh, he just brings a different dimension to the offense. We'll see which one winds up going on Saturday. Kind of depends on Wes's health, I think, more than anything. Well, you just mentioned uh, three of those running backs. They all have over 300 yards: Kendrick Foster, Reggie Corbin, Kishon Vaughn, and Chase Crouch. 194 yards on the ground so far this year. Those are pretty darn good numbers for a two and four offense, Brian. Yeah, they they've been running the ball very effectively, and, and Lovey Smith likes to use the phrase "winning," you know, playing winning football. Uh, there are some areas that have not been consistent enough to be called winning football, but the running back spot certainly has. And and Corbin's a redshirt freshman, so he's got a lot of time. Vaughn is only a sophomore, and then Kendrick Foster is a junior who who kind of worked his way up the uh, the depth chart. He was basically going to transfer at the end of last year. Uh, with the coaching change, and uh, he came back, and Lovey, you know, told him, "Hey, let's lose some weight. Let's get some, uh, you know, let's make yourself a little quicker." And and they're all three kind of different kind of backs. But Foster, the one thing with Foster that has been impressive is uh, not only his move up the depth chart, but his ability uh, to get always get positive yardage. He he rarely goes backwards or gets negative yardage. Even on a tough run, he'll get two to three yards and advance the ball. And Corbin is pretty shifty. Uh, you get him in the open field, he's very dangerous. And then Vaughn is, this, is the same way, uh, much like a, a Josh Ferguson from uh, from last year who's now in the NFL. So uh, th- that tailback combination has been pretty effective. Well, between Lunt and Crouch, the passing numbers are pretty good. 96 for 161, that's 59.6%. 1,089 yards through the air, seven touchdowns, only two picks, which is uh, very important. Malik Turner, 31 receptions. After him, there's a real drop-off at that uh, receiver position. Talk about the passing game, its struggles, and its successes so far this year, Brian. Well, two things have happened. One is, well, three things, really. One is that uh, Mikey Dudek has been injured again. Mikey was our 1,000-yard uh, receiver a couple of years ago as a freshman, and then he had an ACL injury, and then he had another one. Uh, so he missed the last year and a half, and we don't know when he's going to be back. And if it is not till next year, that's a possibility. So they miss him, first of all. And then second, Malik Turner has emerged as the go-to threat. Um, he has uh, more catches than anybody else. I think his total is up to 31. Nobody else has more than 11. So he has been a go-to guy for Lunt and for Crouch, which everyone's been in. Um, and then uh, thirdly, other to what other teams would do, and North Carolina did this, and even Western Michigan and, and Purdue to an extent, was you know try to take away Turner if they can, but also 
play a lot of one-on-one coverage and just make the Illinois receivers try to beat them, and they've not been able to get the separation that they need to get open. So the offense has had to come up with other ways to, to get the ball to those receivers and try to be more effective. So the passing game could use some improvement just as far as uh, the depth at receiver and having Dudek out again, that really hurts because he was a, a guy that got open and caught everything through to him. And it was just a real field stretcher uh, in that sense. And uh, they need another kind of addition to Turner to be more effective in the passing game. Well, Brian, I saw the Rutgers game on Saturday, but to be honest, that's all I've seen of the Fighting Illini this year. So I was looking at the numbers uh, last night when I was getting ready to chat with you, and I found them really interesting. So let me just run some of these down. 1,139 yards rushing uh, for Illinois, 1,089 yards passing, so nice balance there. Total offense, uh, 2,228 yards. Their opponents, 2,331. Time of possession, 28 minutes, 39 seconds per game. The opposition averages just over 31 minutes. Most striking to me is that Illinois is averaging 26 points per game. Their opponents, 26.2 points per game. If you go by just those numbers, this team has been competitive this year. They have been. Yeah, they have been. And, you know, the Murray State game was hard to read. It was like texting a, taking a car out for a test drive. You weren't sure quite what you had with the new staff and new team and, and all of that against an FCS opponent, and they beat them pretty soundly. North Carolina, they jumped out 14-7 to on the Tar Heels, who are a pretty good team, as everyone knows. And, and same kind of thing. They had the lead, and then it slipped away, and then they, they didn't really play the, the full four quarters, and Carolina got a couple of breaks, a big touchdown run uh, late that kind of uh, blew that game open. And, and then, as I said, uh, the, the Western Michigan game is the one game they just did not play well. They never showed up uh, in that game. Uh, didn't play with the fire and the intensity that you like to see. And, and Western Michigan, as we know, is a top-25 team. Uh, and it's been unbeaten, so that's you know credit to them. But we just didn't play very well. That's the one game that's been pretty disappointing. Uh, the other games, they've been in every game. Like I said, they led at Nebraska in the fourth quarter. Uh, they led you know back and forth with Purdue, which was a tight overtime game, and then and won last week at Rutgers. The biggest problem they've had is on third down conversions. The percentage rate on conversion has been around 30%. Uh, and so not being able to keep those sustained drives going. And in the red zone, they've had trouble with either penalties, uh, which there have been too many of those, and then uh, turnovers or mistakes in the red zone that have cost them points and having to settle for field goals instead of touchdowns. And those things have added up to some of the problems they've had in the losses. Oh, you're right. When you look at the numbers in the negative, 15 sacks allowed so far this year. I had to do a double take on the penalties, uh, 52 for 435 yards, which I found mind-boggling, and uh, not a lot of production in the punt and kick return game. You know, the numbers we talked about earlier were pretty good, pretty balanced, but in those areas, the penalties, the sacks, uh, the turnovers, those are the areas that can just really kill you when you're a struggling team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and as you all know, I mean, those are those are keys. Turnovers and penalties, uh, those make a difference. And they have, they've had a couple of games with double-digit penalties, uh, in the Purdue game, they had 12 penalties for about 150 yards. So just too many. They had a couple of celebration penalties that were not necessary. Uh, Lovey Smith preached on it and has talked about it and, you know, even went as far to say, hey, when we score touchdowns, guys, let's act like we've been there. Let's hand the ball to the official. <laughs> kind of old yeah. school. Uh, and, and that's what they uh, went to last week. But, uh, you know, just uh, lining up in the wrong position, you know, not to uh, – you know, pre-snap penalties, those are just unacceptable for a team. If you, if you get a holding call or whatever, that's going to happen. But um, that's the biggest thing he's not been happy with 
is the penalties and in the red zone and the third down conversions and too many sacks. Now, the last two games, uh, the Illini offensive line finally has been healthy for the first time all year. They did not have any of the regular five starters, all five across the line, the first uh, three games, three or four games, and finally got everybody healthy. To, and hopefully that number will turn around a little bit. Withers here on our Visitor's Edition as we get ready for a Saturday's homecoming game and a visit from the Fighting Illini is their fine radio play-by-play voice, Brian Barnhart. Brian, Lovey Smith is such a, a well-respected coach uh, with a great track record. What are your thoughts on him so far and the impact he's had on this team in his first year? Well, when he walked in the door back in March uh, when he was hired, which is pretty late for hiring a coach, but uh, you know they made the change with the new athletic director, Josh Whitman, a former Illini who played on the Sugar Bowl team back uh, over well over a decade ago, a decade and a half now. Uh, immediately, they sold several thousand more season tickets, generated terrific buzz. I don't think Illinois fans had seen anything like that, that kind of hire in a long time. Uh, when, when a coach is known by his first name only, and everybody knows who you're talking about, that obviously makes a big impact. I think he's already made an impact in recruiting obviously being uh, the coach of the Chicago Bears for a decade and then making it to the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship game a couple of times. People know who he is. Parents know who he is. Um, He is just a classy gentleman who uh, just exudes uh, charisma. And, I mean, when he walks into home, I think, you know, as a closer uh, on a a recruit, it's going to be hard to say no to Lovey Smith. I mean, people respect him so much for what he's done, who he is as a person, uh, and he's got a rebuilding project here. There's no doubt about it. He knows that. But I think that uh, he's just uh, so well-respected, and I think as he builds this thing, he's got a long-term contract, uh, several years, uh, you know, to build it in the way he would like to build it, and I think that's going to come. But uh, right now they are rebuilding. They've got some work to do. They've got some young players that are have stepped in, and I think that bode well for the future already. But But his impact will be felt, I think, as time goes on, just more and more as – as his program and his identity on the program, his stamp on it uh, continues to grow each each day and each week. Do you think Lovey might be that guy to bring success to Champaign? And how long do you think he gets to do that? Well, he, he signed, I forget, I think it was at least a six-year contract, and he's getting, you know, two to three to four million, depending on what year it is, maybe five million at the end of the contract uh, per year. So Illinois is not invested in a coach like that. I don't think ever. Um, you know, they brought in Mike White back in the 80s. He was a pretty well-known name on the West Coast. Uh, you know, a Bill Walsh disciple that came in several, you know, what is it now, 30 years ago. Um, and then, you know, they had John Makovic, who was fairly well-known. and But others that have not been as well-known, uh, Tim Beckman and others who came in. Uh, but, you know, it's just been the consistency. That's the biggest frustration for Illinois fans is, you know, we don't have to win 11 games every year, you know, like is expected at other schools all the time. Obviously, like to win them all, but just for the, the program to be more consistent, win seven, eight, nine, compete for a Big Ten title uh, every few years, you know, just be there in the mix. Uh, let that thing build and ex- exponentially grow with enthusiasm and excitement. And we just have had too many times where, you know, you go to the Sugar Bowl and then the next year you're five and six, or then you bottom out at one and 11, and then you come back and you go to the Rose Bowl in 07, 08, the 08 Rose Bowl, um, knock off number one Ohio State, you know, put together an impressive season, and the next year you're back down to 500 and then it drops again. So there's been too much of the roller coaster ride. And I think where Lovey comes in, they've given him a long term deal. 
with a lot of money. They've heavily invested. He wants to be in the college game. He's loving working with the young men at an earlier age uh, to teach them not just football but life skills. And so he's got all the time I think he needs to build this thing in the direction he wants to go. So we haven't had a hire like this in a long time. In fact, a lot of Illinois people when he was hired was like, you're talking the Lovey Smith is coming here. <laughs> Uh, that was the the, the feeling, and that still, uh, you know, he's very much in the the honeymoon phase. But uh, but people really respect him and know that, uh, you know, they they hope and they, and they believe he will get the job done. Well, one thing we all know: the academic offerings at Illinois are top notch, and Lovey will have to notch it up in the recruiting wars, and he's going to get some time to do that. But facilities are also a huge positive or negative for young recruits. There's a ton of money being spent on the facilities uh, and the stadium over the next few years, aren't there, Brian? Yes, and there have been already. They spent, uh, back about 10 years ago, they started a project. They renovated the entire west side of the stadium, much like Michigan did with their both sides with suites and press box media facilities. Um, Illinois did it on the, on the west side of their stadium and then renovated the, the north end zone and put uh, new equip, uh, weightlifting equipment and new uh, recruiting lounges and so forth in the north end. Now they're going to do some work on the old horseshoe, which is on the south end of the stadium. They're going to uh, completely redo that over the next few years and do some renovations on the east side to get it up to you know, ADA standards because a lot of the stadium, when you look at it, some of the older seats, like in the horseshoe and elsewhere, were built in the late 20s. I mean, and they just haven't been updated. And so there's been a lot of uh, move to, you know, improve the office settings, which were built on the north end in, in the mid-1980s. Now they want to move that to the south end. So there's a lot of money being invested. I think it's $132 million they want to spend over the next three to four years to upgrade that facility and, you know, practice facilities and so forth. So, you know, I think the the um, intent is there to send the, the signal not only to just recruits, but to Lovey Smith to get him to come here to say, hey, we're going to make a serious effort to upgrade. Not that they're bad now because it's a classically beautiful stadium, uh, but needed to be updated 10 years ago and need some more to get done To because you're right. I mean, recruits are impressed with, uh, you know, the, the a lot of the bells and whistles, but just the commitment, I think, long term of what you're trying to do with your football program that you want to be a serious contender at and not just an also-ran. Well, a final thought from you, uh, Brian. Jim Harbaugh, old-school guy. Uh, he preaches you, you have to respect your opponent each and every week or you get beat, and we, we see that happen all too often in college football. We've seen it this year. I know a lot of fans uh, laugh at that. I never do. Our legendary radio voice, Bob Buford, used to remind listeners every so often that Michigan was favored on paper today, and the only problem with that is we wouldn't be playing the game on paper. Lovey <laughs> Smith prepares his teams to compete. We've talked about the numbers. This team has been competitive. Um, they've just made too many mistakes along the way. He's such an outstanding coach. One thing is certain, he will have these guys ready to go on Saturday, won't he? Yes, he will. He'll have them prepared. Um, obviously, Michigan is just having a fantastic year. Uh, the excitement, you can you can feel that across the conference, I think, and across the Midwest, the, the excitement generated. Uh, I think it's good for the conference to have Michigan, you know, strong again nationally, uh, you know, after dipping a little bit there in, in some years. But, yes, Lovey Smith will have uh, his team ready. You know, obviously Michigan's going to be a big favorite. They're going to be a team that uh, on the road to free Illinois be very tough to, to, uh, to beat. But I think that they can go in with the idea that, hey, Let's emphasize what we normally do. Let's turnover margin, takeaways. Um, you know, let's let's create some doubt. You know, in Michigan's mind uh, by 
being competitive, much like in the Nebraska game. That's a that's a difficult place to play too with a, a sold out stadium all the time. And so I, I have no doubt he'll have his guys ready. Uh, obviously, Michigan has the advantage right now with uh, the way they're playing and their talent level increasing at such a rapid rate. Uh, it'll be hard for Illinois to go in there, but uh, they, they are going to give it a shot and they will be prepared and they will battle and and, and do their best. And, and then, as you say, college football, you know, it's a, it's an oblong object. Uh, funny things happen when it bounces. So uh, that's why you play the game and you uh, and and give it a shot. And I always remember the the old coach at Purdue, basketball coach, Gene Cady, talking about scores, halftime score, he said, was always the most insignificant score because the game isn't over at halftime. You know, you play the full game, and, and I thought that was pretty wise on his part. So I think it's it's uh, wise of Harbaugh to, uh, you know, Coach Harbaugh to, to look at every opponent that way because, as you said, funny things can happen. Absolutely they can, and we've seen them over the years. So it's a 3.30 kickoff in the big house on Saturday, homecoming uh, for Michigan, as we welcome the Fighting Illini back on the schedule for the first time in four years. Our guest uh, today has been... Fighting Illini Radio play-by-play voice, Brian Barnhart. Brian, great to talk to you after four years, and we look forward to uh, the next visit. All right, thank you very much. Good to be on. Quick Hits is next as we wrap up our Visitor's Edition here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Hits today, we're in good shape on the injury front for Saturday's game. Our very deep backfield has even more depth as of today. Drake Johnson is near 100% and should be ready to go. It will be great to see him finally get some carries in this his senior season. If anyone deserves a few snaps on Saturday for all that he's been through, it's Drake Johnson. The weatherman says it will be a pretty decent day for the game, mid to upper 50s, the sun peeking out from behind the clouds, and maybe a chance of drizzle. So if you're coming to the game, pack your rain gear. Kickoff is at 3.30 p.m., and it's homecoming, so arrive a bit earlier than usual to see all of the pregame festivities. Our show app is available from both the Google Play and iTunes stores, and you can now hear us on iHeartRadio. Next week, it's time to get ready for a road trip to East Lansing. On Tuesday, we'll have our Michigan Game Day show, hoping to have beat writer Nick Baumgartner from M Live as our guest. Then on Thursday's Visitors Edition, we are scheduled to visit with Will Tiemann from the Spartan Sports Network. So make sure you join us for both of those shows next week. Remember this name, Firefan. This is the new interactive sports app I've been telling you about for weeks. There has never been a gaming app like Firefan. With this app, you are no longer a spectator, but an active participant with a group of players and teams. This game puts you right into the action. Play anywhere or anytime. No prep, just pick it up and play. You can also compete for some great prizes. For more information and a sneak peek, email playitfirst at yahoo.com and leave your cell number. That's playitfirst at yahoo.com and remember to leave your cell number. Firefan. This free interactive app will be all the rage in a very short time. Find out why. That will do it for today's show. 
Rain or shine, homecoming is always a big event in the big house. So whether you are in your seat at the stadium, listening on the radio, or watching on TV, enjoy Saturday's game with Illinois. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. Until next time, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!